0: Now I'm going to turn things over to Mr. Mark Weber, so he can take us into the first full hour of garden talk this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, um, I'm hanging in there, Mark. The you
1: sound you sound like you are battling something.
0: Yes, indeed. These high tree pollen counts don't agree with no, me too no, well.
1: It's not the pollen. I it's
0: what's in with the pollen. I think I remember you saying it so. is.
1: It is. It is. It is the pollutants that are tied to the pollen that gave you guys all of these fits. In fact, because you're fighting the 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 sniffles, okay? Should be an inspiration to why you should plant more trees and plants in your landscape. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't paid attention lately, the weather outside is delightful. Spring is upon us, and your chance to talk to me and let me help you have the best yard garden and landscape ever is at your fingertips at 4571290 as we begin The first of what will be three great hours of great gardening advice on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton.
3: I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirstie Santini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And
2: you're listening to an Ask the Expert Weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: And a good Saturday morning to each and every one of you as we begin the first hour of what will be three great hours of radio right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. My name is Mark Weber and I have hosted this legendary broadcast now for 28 years helping folks just like you with your landscaping, your tree issues, your lawn issues, your vegetable garden issues, whatever your issues may be in the outdoor realm. I've got an open line for you at 457 1290. As we begin the first hour of what will be three great hours of gardening advice here on Garden Talk this morning, we have not one but four open lines at 457 1290. And if you're outside the area code of 937, punch in 937 to get a hold of us. We have listeners, ladies and gentlemen, all over Southwest Ohio and all over Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky and throughout most of the United States listen to Garden Talk, and we would love to hear your voices today on this very happy spring weekend. And uh, when you call Garden Talk, folks, what you get here is expert advice and expert analysis on how, what are the best practices and what are the advisable practices to do in your landscape. Um, a little bit about myself. I hold two degrees in horticulture from a place you may have heard of before called The Ohio State University, and I went there before it was the V, Um, I am also designated by the International Society of Arboriculture as a board-certified master arborist. There's less than 2% of all the certified arborists in the world are board-certified master arborists. I also retain the qualification of TRAC, which is Tree Risk Assessment Qualification, And more so, I am a certified horticultural professional designated by the American Sciences of Horticulture. So when you call Garden Talk at 457-1290, I'm going to give you the information. I'm going to give you the advice on how to have a better landscape. Um, the, The advice that I give you is based on a lot of years of education and a lot of years of certification and practice. In fact, my practice is Mark Weber's landscaping. You can learn a little bit about my firm at WeberLandscaping.com. And my last name, of course, is spelt with, with two Bs, Weber. And uh, I'd love to talk to you today at 457-1290. As we begin this morning's program, we have got a lot going on today. Um, we are going to go in the garden with the weekly tip to help your garden grow. At the bottom of the hour, there's a lot of... Um, um, misinformation out there in the world of gardening these days about what products you should be using, what is the appropriate thing to be applying this time of year and so on and so forth. Today I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about things that you need to be doing on a timely basis and things more importantly that you should not be doing on a timely basis. Um, one of which is grub control in the month of May. Let's just be frank. It's not time, and we're going to talk in great um, specificity today. As the program uh, evolves, we're going to talk a lot about things that you should be doing, not things that you shouldn't be doing. So let's be be clear about that. Um, and realize, ladies and gentlemen, as you show, call today at 457-1290, um, the phones tend to get busier as we get closer and closer into the hour of uh, the eight o'clock to nine o'clock hour. So if you are listening this morning and if you've got a gardening question or you've got a question about your landscape in some way, shape or form, we would love to talk to you today at four, five, seven, 1290. That's four five seven twelve ninety. And uh, that'll put you right into the Master Control Studios, where we're more than happy to talk to you about whatever is going on in your landscape, and more importantly, whatever may be going on in your world. And uh, we also would encourage you as well, if you'd like to join us live at Gardentalkblog.com, we have a live interactive chat room in that site that you can be part of the program as well. Um, Spring is here. Thank goodness! Hey, (laughs) after the year that we've had with the winter that seemed like it was never going to end, it has ended, and we are here. And it is a time that a lot of folks are pretty fired up about doing stuff in your art. I want to begin this morning's um, discussions about things that you should be doing and things you should not be doing. And one of the things that I, I, I see a lot of folks doing this time of year is thinking that um, that that they can plant just about anything that looks pretty. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, I have been in in some places recently. I'm not going to name, name names because people get irritated when I name names. But I have been in some places recently that were quite fascinating and what products were being sold. And unfortunately, the products that were being sold were, were not what I would call um, good products to be applying to the landscape. And what I'm referring to is the sale of plant material that frankly will not live here. Um, and some folks just don't understand that things have requirements about where they grow and where they don't grow so let's, let's be frank. Um, to select and choose a plant to be successful, um, that plant um, is going to be a plant that is hardy for that zone, meaning if it's going to live for years thereafter, it's going to have to be a plant that is going to have um, the ability to withstand whatever those cold temperatures are in the wintertime. So with plants, ladies and gentlemen, we have what they call zone hardiness. And zone hardiness is, it means, what is the average minimum low temperature in the wintertime? It's not talking about high temperatures, it's talking about minimum low temperatures. And here in in in, in southern Ohio, where we all live and listen to Garden Talk up in Columbus, we're in zone six. And I've often said to many people that we really are zone five, in my opinion, but for the last you know, few years, they've adjusted where we where we are, and so let's, you know, get right down to the brass tacks. Um, if you are planting plants that are in zone 7 or zone 8, or, you know, you're, you are going to be putting plants in a position where they are not going to be very, um, how do we say this? They're going to have much resolve when the wintertime season comes. So if you plant a plant, let's take for example, you put in a palm tree in your yard, there's a really good chance that that palm, if you leave it out in the winter, is probably not going to make it through the first cold nights. So when you are picking and choosing beautiful, pretty plants, it's important that you pick and choose plants that are plants that are zone hardy here. The next thing that you have to look at is that you have to next determine if that plant has the ability to withstand um, um, the heat of the summer. Yes, you hear me right. There are plants that may be zone hardy here, but they may also not be tolerant of the high temperatures. And a really good example of that plant is like white spruce, which is typically a plant that we will find in conditions that are related to um, cooler temperatures, like up in the upper portions of Michigan or up into Canada. You can grow it here, but long term, it's probably going to struggle because of the heat of the summer that we have in southern Ohio. So within any group of plants, there are plants that are going to be reasonably certain that will do well. And there's others that are going to be marginal with their ability to survive the conditions in which that plant has been exposed to. So when, you, when you're making decisions about those types of things and those plants that you're going to choose, it should go beyond the fact that that plant has pretty foliage or should go past the fact that that plant has some unique characteristics. And if it does, great. But it's also important to realize that that plant very well may or may not be able to survive the conditions in which they are in your yard. Even though it may be for sale in that landscape, in in that store, it may not be a reasonably good choice because of the fact that the plant's genetics um, limit its ability to grow in your landscape. So when you're purchasing plants and before you spend your hard-earned dollars, ladies and gentlemen, let's be careful. Think through your plant choices because those plant choices, ladies and gentlemen, have a very important consequence, meaning that if, if you pick a plant that's not going to tolerate the soil, it's not going to tolerate the climate, it's not going to tolerate the degree of sun or shade that you provide to it. And I know this sounds like, oh my gosh, are you telling me not to buy anything? No, I'm not. I'm telling you that it's important to make selection choices that are based on what that plant does best. And by doing that, you'll make intelligent choices, but more so you're going to end up with a plant selection choice that's going to be a long lasting one. One that's going to last more than just that one season that will live for seasons beyond if that makes any sense at all. And if I can help you make good plant choices today, give us a call at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. And uh, uh, we'll be more than happy to put you up on this call screen today and get you part of Garden Talk as we continue with this morning's edition of Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O.
2: It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24 hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
3: Hi, I'm Danielle from Burns Garden Center, where we've been growing healthy plants right here in the Miami Valley for three generations. We're here to assist you with the plants and knowledge that will produce incredible, eye-popping gardens. You've got to see our amazing selection of trees, shrubs, veggies, herbs, annuals, and perennials. This
2: weekend, only at Burns. Gorgeous hanging baskets for just $10. Get them while they
3: last. Come visit us in Beaver Creek in Middletown. You've got to see Burns.
4: David's Cemetery has been serving the families of the Miami Valley since 1826. Families often remark that pre-planning was the greatest gift a parent has given them. Act with love, plan ahead, and talk about what you might want. Help your family by relieving the burden of difficult financial and emotional decisions during a time of grief. For more information, call 937-434-2255 or go to Davidsemetery.com. David Cemetery, generations of care. Favorite thing about my mom is she's very selfless. She's our support of our family, kind of the rock. I don't know what I would do without her sometimes, actually. This Mother's Day, tell the women in your life how thankful you are for all they do. And show them the love with gifts from EDC and Gigi's Cupcakes. Unique jewelry starting at $99 plus great deals for that extra special woman. Birdstone jewelry, bracelets, necklaces, and other qualifying purchases receive Gigi's Cupcakes for that perfect day. It's true, if you haven't shopped EDC this Mother's Day, you're not done shopping yet. Could you
5: retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group. and I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437.
4: We're here at the train heating and air conditioning testing facility to see how unstoppable their products really are. Inside this climate chamber, it's raining incredibly hard on this train AC unit, clearly it's hard to stop the train. Now through May 31st, bring home Unstoppable. Choose special financing for 48 months or up to a $1,000 trade-in allowance on a qualifying train system. Visit traininfo.com for complete program eligibility, dates, details, and restrictions. Subject to credit approval. Train the most reliable heating and cooling brand. At the James at Ohio State, there is no routine breast cancer. We go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your breast cancer, leading the way to better outcomes, faster responses, fewer side effects, and more hope. Learn more at cancer.osu.edu.
2: When the Miami Valley needed us most, WHIO Radio's and Storm Center, we were there.
3: Let's go over to radar
2: with live wall-to-wall coverage powered by Storm Center 7. This storm is continuing to move off to the uh, east northeast. No depend on the miami valley severe weather station am 1290 and news 957 whio
1: good morning everybody it's 6 22 22 minutes after six o'clock i like to welcome all of you to garden talk and we'd love to hear your questions today at 457 1290 let's start out this morning's broadcast with an updated weather check from news center seven for today
3: Some high clouds will linger with us. Temperatures this morning starting in the 50s, eventually to about 75 this afternoon. We'll watch a system passing to our south that may bring a few passing showers in our far southeastern counties. The rest of us expected to stay dry. Tonight, lingering clouds will fall back to the 50s. We're into the mid-70s again tomorrow. We're seeing sunshine in the morning and storms developing later in the day. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydex in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar shows somewhat overcast skies, but we still have peaks of sun. In fact, there's a beautiful, beautiful sunrise starting to form over in the eastern horizon. We're resting at 53 delightful degrees in downtown Dayton, 47 in Urbana, 50 in Wapak, Kaneta. And I hope it's nice at your house. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: 457 1290 is the number of the dial if you would like to be part of this morning's broadcast. There's an open line for you. And uh, we would love to help you with whatever is going on in your gardening world. And if maybe you've got a question about uh, uh, a choice of a tree or how to manage a particular situation. We always have lots of phone lines open for you today at 457 1290. That will put you into the master control studios and part of Garden Talk. 457 1290. I want to talk a little bit this morning about mowing your lawn, and I know that sounds like such a boring topic. Well, you know, mowing your lawn is probably one of the most critical things that you can do that will make a big difference in how your landscape does and how it does not. Um, Mowing is like maintaining, mowing is the way that we maintain the height of the growing point. See, turf grass or grass plants. Um, have a apical growing point and that growing point is located right near um, the soil surface because we mow it and maintain it there. Meaning that if you allow your lawn to get too tall or get too long, that uh, growing point will continue to grow up the stem and at some point in time will, when you go to mow the lawn, because it is, that was weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't touch anything, Javon. <laughs> well, sorry. I, I just had to make that editorial comment. But uh, when, when it comes right down to it, um, that growing point will continue to grow. So the one way that we keep our turf looking nice is we contain it, contain it by mowing it. And by mowing it, we're actually pruning it. And by pruning it, we're actually causing it to thicken up. So every time that you mow your lawn, ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be forcing that lawn to get thicker and thicker and thicker. And it causes the grass the plant to branch laterally and causes it to become fuller and fuller. Now, keep in mind, though, it's important that you need to be doing something else too. And that is the proper amount of fertility and the proper amount of aeration into the soil. So one of the things that I highly encourage you to do is do some soil testing to determine how much uh, nutrition needs to be added into the soil. And more so beyond that, you need to also be thinking about how much aeration or oxygen needs to be incorporated into the soil. And when you do mow that lawn, mowing it at the right height is critical to maintaining that growing point, but also not removing too much of the leaf surface. You see, those leaves that are on the turf grass are actually what fires the, fires the machine called photosynthesis. And those leaves are important in the production of carbohydrates, which directly go to more branches and thicker, thicker blades, also goes to building a stronger and thicker crown inside the turf grass plant, but also aids and abeds the plant's ability to have a very thick full root system. So one of the consequences of mowing your lawn too short is the loss of that photosynthetic surface, but more so the loss of the root system. There's a direct correlation between mowing a lawn too short and the loss of the roots proportionally. So if you are mowing your lawn, and I know people tend to go, oh my God, I got to mow the yard again. Ladies and gentlemen, mowing the lawn begins with the proper mowing height. So with every mowing, you only want to remove about one third of the lawn's um, height with each and every mowing. So that means that for many of you is that if you have a turf type tall fescue lawn, you should be mowing no shorter than three inches. And with Kentucky bluegrass, about two and a half to two and three quarters. Keep in mind, your mow, your lawn is not a fairway. It's not designed to be short and stubby. Four five seven twelve ninety, and let's go talk to Jack in Greenville. Jack in Greenville. Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk. Happy spring, sir.
6: Yes, good morning, Mark. How are you?
1: I'm well, sir. How can I help you?
6: I just had a question. Now um, I plant onions every year. My family loves, you know, the green onions, but I want to know how. What do I need to put in my soil to get size, good size? I've planted the Texas sweet. Uh, candy yellow but i can't get them to grow and i
1: fertilize how much sun are they getting
6: um, not a whole lot i have some sugar maples around
1: yeah that's part of your problem onions are a pretty simple plant from the standpoint is that they're really a a plant that's a, it's a it's a grass plant okay and it belongs to the grass group so full sun is probably one of the biggest limiting factors that making onions get big. Next is spacing, and next is fertility, and next is water. And remember, this is a plant that doesn't like a lot of water. It likes enough water to stay moist, but doesn't like a lot of water to be drowned by, okay? Okay. So I would really improve the amount of sunlight. So what you might want to consider doing is growing some of these onions in pots or containers putting them in a sunny spot, and then you'll create those amazing onions that are the size of your fist and, yep. ma- and make your neighbors drool. And by the way, they taste absolutely amazing when you grow your own. Jack, yep. happy gardening. Have a great weekend, okay? All right. Thank you, too. You've- More Garden Talk shall continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O.
2: When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O.
0: It's 630. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following. More evidence in the case of a missing woman still searching on that property in Miamisburg. Investigators looking for signs.
3: A pleasant start to the weekend with a chance for showers nearby. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up.
0: Well, WHIO triple team traffic. Traffic conditions looking excellent this morning. Not seeing any slowdowns out there for you to worry about. Northbound 75 from River Road in Carillon Boulevard to I-70, that 10-mile drive taken nine minutes... In our top story, a lot of attention being directed to one Miamisburg neighborhood where investigators are continuing to search for any sign of missing woman Chelsea Coe. Investigators here at the Miamisburg Police Department at this point have not said who their person of interest in this case is or what evidence they've collected, but the former police chief I spoke with this evening says there's got to be a reason investigators have now spent two days tearing a property apart. That's WHIO's Sean Cudahy. That former chief, John, uh, Patrick Oliver, says he believes investigators are looking for evidence of a crime and are likely also looking for Coe's body that's something that investigators at the scene have not commented on we're going to be following this scene and bring you updates as we get them well a little bit of a rough start between the president and his new lawyer rudy giuliani giuliani saying earlier this week that the president's former lawyer paid to keep adult film star uh, stormy daniels quiet about an alleged affair with the president in 20 in 2006
1: So Rudy knows it's a witch hunt. He started yesterday. He'll get his facts straight. He's a great guy.
0: That's Fox's John Decker, and he's uh, saying that no violation of the campaign was committed. Giuliani saying that in a new statement. Well, Dayton cops think they have their man in a string of fires that began in November. Cops say 30-year-old John Searles admitted to setting six separate arson fires in the Twin Towers, Burkhart, and Old North Dayton neighborhoods. Searles was arrested on Wednesday on unrelated charges. WHIO's Ron Otto says bond is set at $25,000. Let's have a look at that weather forecast now. Here's meteorologist McCall Vrydags.
3: It will be a cool but dry start to the day. Temperatures will be climbing out of the 50s, eventually up to about 75 degrees this afternoon. Most will stay dry, but there is a slight chance for a few showers south. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Well,
0: the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar is looking all clear as the morning starts to look a little bit brighter out there. We're seeing 46 degrees in Troy, 50 degrees in Springfield, and... 53 here in Dayton at 633. If news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm Jonah Adi on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Depend on it.
5: Here with Hope for Today, Lead Pastor of Fairhaven Church, David Smith. Are you as surprised as I am on what we hear on the news?
2: Whether it's illness, abuse, injustice, violence, or natural disasters? Seemingly it's happening at an all-time high. So doesn't suffering and evil point to the fact that a loving, powerful, good God doesn't exist? If there were indeed answers to questions like these, would you want to know? At Fairhaven Church, we're talking about the problem of God right now. We're a group of different people, yet remarkably alike, on a journey with our own stories, brought together by an amazing hope which we don't have to do anything to earn, but just need to accept.
5: We'd love to have you join us. Hope for Today with David Smith, lead pastor with campuses in Centerville, Northmont, and Springboro. For information, visit fairhaven.church. Fairhaven Church. Find hope.
2: This is WHIO's Clark Howard. I save you money, and the gang at WHIO work
5: hard to bring you live breaking weather, traffic, and news right here. WHIO.
2: You're listening to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, it's time to go into the garden with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to help your garden grow.
1: You see it all over TV. All these commercials that tell you that it's time to put down your grub control. Really? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's only May 5th. <laughs> and frankly, if you put down your grub control on May 5th, as Clark Howard would say, you have wasted your money. <laughs> you heard me right, folks. You've wasted your money. The bottom line is that grubs are the larvae form of a beetle. Typically could be Japanese beetle or mass chafer, or other types of coleoptera, which is the beetles. These groups of um, insects have a life cycle and that life cycle begins in uh, the months of late May and June when they hatch out of the soil from what was a grub from last season that overwintered. Keep in mind that grubs that you find in your landscape beds, grubs that you find in your lawn in the spring of 2018 pose no harm to your lawn or landscape because frankly they're getting ready to become adults. They feed very little on the plants in your yard, garden, and landscape. In fact, if you would apply insecticides that are registered for grub control this time of year, they would be a futile attempt to do simply nothing. So this is what you do. You first of all apply these products typically sometime in June, July, and water them in these products then will become effectively inside the soil and become systemic inside the grass plants that are in your landscape. At that point in time, when these grubs are hatched and when they do hatch, which is typically sometime in the month of August or September and early October, those materials will be down in a place that they will provide the much needed controls of these insects. So folks, don't waste your money. Don't apply grub control in the month of May, particularly the 5th of May at that. Ignore those commercials and listen to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: You've been Into the Garden with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your gardening questions. Call Mark now at 457-1290. Here's the gardening guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: 457-1290 is the number of the dial. If you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast, I would love to hear from you. I've got an open line, and those open lines are wide open right now. 457-1290. That's 457-1290. Your chance to be part of Garden Talk, as we've done for 28 years. We'd love to talk to each and every one of you as uh, we do each and every week. I also want to share with all of you this morning that the season to uh, be planting is upon us. And a couple important um, tips that I want to share about planting annuals. And those are the flowers that you're going to be adding to your landscape. And, And keep in mind that these are plants that have been grown in a protected environment, um, these are plants that uh, have been, b- been fostered inside, typically a greenhouse under heated conditions. So when you purchase these plants, these plants have been babied most of their lives, okay? So keeping them in a reasonably good condition by w- timely watering is important. So when you buy those plants, you don't want to buy plants that are dried out or withered or, or, or wilty, wilted. And when you bring those plants home, it's advisable to keep them moist as well. And typically, because they have been grown in a protected greenhouse environment, many times they need to be hardened off. And the hardening off process isn't a difficult one, but it basically means you put those plants in a place in your landscape where they're going to be watered and cared for for about three to four days up to a week, where they'll be exposed to some wind and be exposed to some sunlight, which will allow that foliage and the stems to harden up just a little bit. And then at the point in time that you're going to plant those plants, be sure that the soil in which you are going to install them has been well aerated by tillage or by digging. And uh, make sure that you've done any whatever additional amendments that are needed. And when you go to plant those plants, make sure that you apply water into the soil and also be sure to um, pinch off their flowers. And I, you heard me right, ladies and gentlemen. Pinch off the flowers, whatever you plant, particularly with annuals and perennials. Remove any flowers that are on these plants. And what that will do is trigger more root development below ground. Let's head to the telephone lines at 457-1290. Let's go talk to Kenneth. And Kenneth is in Tippecanoe and Tyler, too or tip, known as Tip City. Good morning, Ken, how are you today?
6: Good morning, Mark, fine. Uh, last night I was told that Ohio has ruled uh, species of the Bradford pear as being invasive. Yeah. yeah. That's true, okay. That means they're not allowed to sell them anymore?
1: I think after 2022, if memory serves me correctly, they're not be allowed to be sold. I think that was what the the agreement was on that. And it would be generally a good thing to consider if you've got a Bradford pear in your yard. You know, I will generally say to you that the calorie pears um, are trees that uh, have lots of structural deficiencies, all right? Um, And they are plants that their fruit on certain cultivars have been known to be invasive, meaning they produce a number of progeny that end up in other areas. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I would generally say if you own calorie pear, um, enjoy what you've got. Just keep in mind that it may come at a point in the near distant future that it would be prudent to remove it and plant another species of tree that's non-invasive. Okay. I'm not telling you to go cut them all down. I'm just saying to you, enjoy what you got just realize there's going to come a point in time that this is a plant that for all intents and purposes is short-lived. They always have been short-lived. And because the fact that they have become um, so invasive to many parts of Ohio, I mean, I, I can tell you um, near where my house is at, I, there's fields of, of calorie pear now where there used to be native trees and wildflowers. They have completely taken over natural areas. They're,
6: they're nothing on the scale of, of honeysuckle, though. Are
1: they? um, they're getting pretty close in some areas. Yeah, if uh, if you go down I seventy five, I tell you a good spot to see this at. You know where one twenty nine crosses uh, where it connects is in the seventy five and goes back toward Hamilton. Yes. Um, I think the exit be there. There's a there's a, a road that goes over top of seventy five just before you get to that exit on the left-hand side and I think it's on the left-hand side be on the east side of I-75 there is probably a 40 acre field of nothing but calorie pear, and all of that all of that happened in the last you know five to ten years related directly to the fact that there's a subdivision just to the east of it that is predominantly made up of calorie pear. And that will, and the birds eat the pears, and then they basically defecate them out. And under the right conditions, they literally displace hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousands of other species of native trees and plants.
6: They uh, they don't propagate so so closely that you can't get through them though. Like
1: oh uh, yeah oh fun. yeah, and, and, and this place what? it is. I I would bet you there's a stem every two to three feet in that place. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it is. This is nasty stuff. And the problem is is calorie pear you know is not it's not a long term sustainable species of plant. meaning we need to think about planting trees in our in our urban in our urban landscapes that are designed to last more than twenty years okay so there's right, a, there's, there's great choices out there, but the reality is is don't plant any more of them
6: all right good to know. We'll, we'll
1: take heed Thank did, you. Did, did, that, did that did that make sense to you
6: Yeah it does just didn't realize it, it uh... and it's
1: okay Kate, because you know the thing is 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 that is that um it's one of those things where Ken, when 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 calorie pear came on the on the scene everybody thought it was the greatest and latest thing since sliced bread <laughs> okay um and you know I will tell you I stopped growing it on my farm nearly 10 years ago just because I saw what it was doing to the environment and I, you know, I made the conscious business decision that, you know, ethically to me, it was better to, to, to not sell something that damaged the environment than it was, was to, to, you know, profit or sell something that was quite frankly damaging to the environment. And that's just my ethics in the way. And I tend to be kind of a black and white kind of guy, but I just felt that it was unnecessary to take that kind of risk, risk to clients. And, and so we quit planting them. And then when we sold our last one, we were done. We quit, we quit growing them, period. And, and, and unfortunately, for many poke folks out there, they think that, that, that they can do what they want. But unfortunately, a lot of times these plants displace and destroy natural environmental systems that, uh, that everybody gets penalized financially for. So, does that help you, Ken?
6: Sure does. Okay. One, one more quick question and the, the best time to uh to trim the trees um you know, the budding time is probably not the best.
1: What kind of trees are we are we are we, are we referring to? I'm sorry.
6: Well, um like uh a crab apple.
1: Okay. Yeah. You, you know, oh, generally no. red geni- bud yeah, generally speaking, um, with, like, red bud, I would say right after bloom, you're fine to do pruning. Okay? Mm-hmm. And as far as, what was the other one I didn't quite, quite uh, hear? Crab apples. Crab apples. Um, I would be really careful to prune crab apples in the spring, summer, or fall, mainly because of the disease called fire blight. That's really more of a winter pruning tree than anything else. Okay. So just be careful in that in that regard. Okay.
6: I don't monopolize it. But one other odd question: uh, under in, in the city in the front lawn under crabapple tree, I had uh, uh, morel mushrooms popping up every once in a while. Ooh,
1: okay. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> it sounds really good to me.
6: That's it's unexpected. Is it is it um, yeah. normal enough?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the Morello grow grow where 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 it wants to grow. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of town or in the middle of a wood someplace, at least and, and there's a really good example why we need to control invasive plants. Invasive plants like honeysuckle and bradford pear and calorie pear completely remove the ability to produce natural things like morel mushrooms. Okay. Mm-hmm. It completely removed the chance for native trees and plants to grow and foster. It completely removes the chance to have um, natural trilliums and, and, and other uh, wildflowers that naturally occur in woodland systems or in prairie systems to occur. These plants completely block out the light. So they, may, they render the soil and the environment into what, a, what we call a monoculture. And if we haven't learned anything from emerald ash borer and anything from the American loss of American elm and American chestnut is that when we plant all the same species of anything, disaster hits, you know? Mm-hmm. So the diversity matters. And planting species of plants that are diversified and different leads us down the path to a happier and healthier environment and a, and, and one that's more financially sound. It's like, you know, they always tell people that are financial advisors says, don't put all your money in bonds. Don't put all your money in stocks. Don't put all your money, in, you know, see what I'm saying? They tell you to have a diversified portfolio financially, right? Yeah. Spread your risk out, right? So the yeah. same thing with plants. You don't want to put all your plants in one portfolio. You want your plants to be diversified. God made so many wonderful genuses and species of plants for us all to grow. and enjoy why not plant them why plant the same cotton picking thing over and over again okay sir
6: gotcha thank you for the info happy gardening
1: and have a good day let's let's go into the garden kitchen
2: You're listening to Garden Talk with Mark Weber on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, it's time to go into the garden kitchen with Mark Weber, A weekly tip to improve your kitchen table.
1: Now, Javon, today is the Kentucky Derby Day, right? Today, the rig Roar horses. There's 20 horses lined up. One of the few big sporting events, by the way, that I will personally sit down and watch. I like it because it's short, sweet, and quick. And I like to see horses run, okay? And I have a kinship with my friends in Kentucky. So one of the things that I always enjoy on Derby Day is a good mint julep. You ever had a mint julep? I have no idea what that is. Oh, my God. Mint julep is, is some crushed ice with some crushed mint. And some Kentucky's finest bourbon, okay? Okay. That's all it is. And a little a little bit of sweetener in there. I think my wife used this simple syrup. Okay.
4: Sounds intriguing. It
1: is really delightfully nice. But to make a nice mint julep, you gotta have mint. And so I thought today's in the garden kitchen would be mint. In fact, there are over 25 different species of mints that are from all over the world in fact mints are native to asia north america south africa and australia in fact mints can grow in very uh nasty soil conditions but keep in mind these plants can become invasive and spread like wildfire keep in mind that mints can be um, used fresh you can use them dried they're an excellent culinary source they can be used over a multitude of different issues Um, They're used to make teas, beverages, jellies, syrups, candies, ice creams, and mint juleps. (laughs) This week's In the Garden Kitchen is Mint. You've been
2: Into the Garden Kitchen with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your questions now. 457 1290. Here's the garden guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. 457-1290.
1: When we come back, we're going to jump right into the telephone calls. We're going to talk to Eric from Brookville who wants to plant a blue spruce. And we'll talk to you. 457-1290 right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O. Dayton
2: and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic, and our Ask the Expert weekends,
5: AM 1290 and News 95.7, W-H-I-O. Could you retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group, and I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks, you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437.
4: Who
3: Mary Taylor stands with should tell you a lot. For president, Taylor refused to endorse Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. The co-chairman of the Republican National Committee said Taylor was missing in action during Trump's campaign. Mary Taylor stood with Barack Obama, supporting his expansion of Medicaid under Obamacare, and Taylor stood for bigger government when she voted for a $2 billion tax increase. You just can't trust Mary Taylor.
2: Mike DeWine is the proven conservative for governor. He took on the Obama administration and won, stopping Obama's immigration plan fighting against Obamacare. Mike DeWine endorsed Trump for president. He's fighting in court for the president's travel ban that will keep us safe and cracking down on sanctuary cities. That's why Mike DeWine has been endorsed by the Ohio Republican Party and Ohio Right to Life. Not Mary Taylor. Mike DeWine, the rock-solid conservative you can trust for governor.
6: Paid for by DeWine, Houston for Ohio, Jennifer Best, treasurer.
2: Okay, let's start this. George Lovett Radio ad, take one. Coming soon, Miami Valley, the greatest candidate you'll ever meet.
0: What? Stop! 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 This is all wrong. Who hired this guy? I can do it. This is conservative Republican George Lovett, and I'm running for state rep. Slick ads aren't my style. Let me just tell you who I am. We'll call it the George Lovett story. My family owned a bait shop. I delivered worms. I know hard work and getting my hands dirty. Now I'm a small business owner. I've seen government get in the way of job creation. I'm a leader in my church. I care about protecting the unborn, and I'm proud to be endorsed by Ohio Right to Life. That's it. I'm George Lovett, the conservative Republican running for state rep. That's George Lovett for... Enough already. They get it. Paid for by Lovett for Ohio
4: favorite thing about my mom is she's very selfless. She's our support of our family, kind of the rock. I don't know what I would do without her sometimes, actually. This Mother's Day, tell the women in your life how thankful you are for all they do. And show them the love with gifts from EDC and Gigi's Cupcakes. Unique jewelry starting at $99, plus great deals for that extra special woman. Birthstone jewelry, bracelets, necklaces, and other qualifying purchases receive Gigi's Cupcakes for that perfect day. It's true, if you haven't shopped EDC this Mother's Day, you're not done shopping yet. Do you know who and
2: what you're voting for on May 8th? Listen Monday starting at 5 a.m. to Miami Valley's Morning News with Larry Hanskin for in-depth coverage of what you need to know about your ballot here in the Miami Valley here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's 654. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7.
3: For today, some high clouds will linger with us. Temperatures this morning starting in the 50s eventually to about 75 this afternoon. We'll watch a system passing to our south that may bring a few passing showers in our far southeastern counties. The rest of us expected to stay dry. Tonight, lingering clouds will fall back to the 50s, We're into the mid-70s again tomorrow. We're seeing sunshine in the morning and storms developing later in the day. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydex in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: A current scan of the new live Doppler HG-7 radar shows uh, no raid activity. We're resting at 50. Four degrees in downtown Dayton, 52 in Hamilton, 56 in Wilmington, on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and news. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask
2: the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: And a good Saturday morning to each and every one of you, and we feel so blessed that you take time out of your Saturday morning to listen to us on the radio as we do Garden Talk, as we have for 28 years. Let's head back to the telephone lines at 457-1290, and let's go talk to Eric over in Brookville. Eric, good morning, and uh, welcome to Garden Talk. Morning, Mark. Morning, really sir.
6: Enjoy the show. Thank you. Okay, I've got a question about a standard blue spruce that was planted in my landscape about 15 years ago, and it's it's gotten really large, uh, beautiful plant, but it's it's uh, almost grown over top of my sidewalk and the edge of my driveway. Uh, when can I trim that back?
1: Well, if you want to prune it? Is it. So this is a pruning question?
6: Well, I, I need to know basically what I can do to keep this from growing, uh, getting larger out over my sidewalk and over my driveway.
1: You know, that question you ask is 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 one that, that it's the source of many conflicts with human beings and plants. <laughs> right. You know this whole thing that when you go buy a plant and it's supposed to be dwarf. Okay, um, if a plant was truly dwarf, uh, then the plant would never grow. And the plant if the plant didn't grow, then it wouldn't accumulate enough carbohydrates. If it didn't accumulate enough carbohydrates, it would die. Okay, so think right. of, think of plants as these things that if they don't continue to grow; they die. So let's be fair. Let's be fair. Um, A couple thoughts. One, with pruning of any, most um, gymnosperms or conifers like Colorado blue spruce, you can remove the outer tips that grow this year to shorten the length of the branch. But after that, you have to remove the whole branch. It's an important distinction because because, um, conifers tend to have only growing points or meristematic points on the outer branches they don't have them internally so once they turn brown they stay brown so you may be looking at reducing the length of the branches back to the trunk to create that clearance for the sidewalk okay and that may be the only thing the other thing that you may consider doing and we arborists have some little uh, things in our tool bags these days that we use. There's a material um, called paclobutrazol that is a is a growth regulator that can be applied to reduce or slow down the growth of a tree. Now it is like it is like um, stuff that is like really 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 powerful. So whoever's applying it better be, A, a certified pesticide applicator, B, be a certified arborist, and C, have a really strong, intimate knowledge and understanding of this stuff. This stuff is extraordinarily powerful stuff. So you would want con to find yourself a certified arborist to work with on this. And these, and these materials, these pacobutazoles work, they're basically growth hormones and they actually slow down the growth of the plant. And I will tell you that they have, I have used them in my practice for well over 15 years and they're really great stuff, but boy, oh boy, oh boy. You got to be really careful with them because they pack a punch. <laughs> I mean, you can literally put a you can put a tree you can put a tree that looks incredibly healthy and make it look look like a true dwarf that's ready to die because it will make the leaves smaller, it will make the needles smaller, it'll slow down the growth if you overdose it. So you might want to call. What I would suggest you do, sir, is call a certified arborist, and you can find yours at treesaregood.org. That's treesaregood.org. And uh, and that's where I would begin your conversation on the proper care of your blue spruce. Well, folks, that'll wrap it up for our number one. Two more hours of Garden Talk. The lies ahead on the call of Right Eggs will join us next hour of Garden Talk. We can talk a little weather and talk about plant interactions like we do every week along with that as well. we we'll are taking your calls at 457-1290. That's four five Don't forget as well, if you miss Garden Talk, you can always get it on the TuneIn app at WHIO Radio's website where you can get all kinds of podcasts of this broadcast to listen to other points in time. More Garden Talk continues after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.